I grew up in an assembly guide church, and we sang that a lot, but never that well. <laughs> Very good. I love that version. Welcome to the first Sunday of the 22nd year of the 21st century. Are you glad you're here today? I'm glad you're here because I don't like preaching this to empty seats. You know, we've come through one of the wildest years I've ever experienced in my life with the pandemic, with mandates and lockdowns, social justice concerns, inflation, upheaval, uncertainty of all kinds, and the list could go on and on and on. And for me personally, I don't see much evidence coming from the culture or government that leads me to think this year will be much different than 2021. I personally believe the followers of Jesus are going to be tested and marginalized more and more for our Christian beliefs and our faith. But before you get up and leave thinking, this is too depressing, let me go out into the cold. Let me remind you that God is still in control. Amen. Let me repeat that. God is still in control. Every day, 24-7. Yesterday, the zone kids and parents had what's called a noon, N-O-O-N, year celebration. I'd never heard of it, but I thought, how exciting. And our children's pastor, Kim French, put on a, a beautiful display. And you can see it if you go from the commons over to the zone on your left. And it said this, among all the beautiful balloons, New Year, same God. And when I saw that Friday, I just I stopped in front of it. And I thank God that he'll be with us in 2022 just as he was in 2021. New year, same God. So I want you to say it with me. New year, same God. Say it again. New year, same God. No matter what we face this year, we can hold tightly to this verse. God is our safe place and our strength. He is always always our help when we are in trouble. Psalm 46.1. This is the last Sunday of our series, Do You Hear What I Hear? And that song, Do You Hear What I Hear, was written in October 1962 as a cry and a plea for peace during the Cuban Missile Crisis. The writers were invited by a record producer to write a song for Christmas in the midst of all this anxiety and turmoil. And the song has gone on to sell millions of copies and be recorded by hundreds of artists. Some of you may be alive. As I look out across the demographics of this congregation, there's not a lot of us that are alive to remember that. 
how we came so close, America and Russia, to going to war with each other. Some of the lyrics of the song go like this. Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Now, Psalm 46.1 reminds us that God is our help when we're in troubling circumstances, whether it's a Cuban Missile Crisis, whether it's a pandemic, whatever it might be. And it's also good to remember this morning that he has given his followers a wonderful resource to help us navigate through any difficulty or heartache or pain in our lives this year. And that resource is prayer. So this morning I want us to focus our attention on prayer, whether it's prayer for peace, as the song lyrics cried out for, or whether it's prayer for justice, or prayer for health, or prayer for finances, or it's prayer for hope, or a hundred other things that we will need in 2022. And maybe you will even pray for those who bring the message each Sunday here at Faith Fellowship. Perhaps like the mother whose 10-year-old daughter asked her one Sunday morning why she always bowed her head for a moment before the sermon started. And the mother said, I'm asking God to help the pastor preach a good sermon. And the daughter then asked, how come God doesn't ever answer the prayer? So those of us up front, we need your prayers. Most followers of Jesus see prayer as something important for their lives. But at the same time, they feel guilty about their failure to pray more. Or some may feel guilty about the fact they don't pray at all. Most of us seem to be intimidated by the whole subject of prayer. A pastor wrote about his intimidation with prayer, and he said, I've never thought my prayers were eloquent, or I never thought they were powerful enough. And if prayer was a sport, and we were picking teams, he said, I would be the last one picked. Well, many of us probably feel the same way that pastor felt. And let me say, that's not what God wants for you today. And I'm not here to put a guilt trip on anyone. God doesn't want our feelings about prayer to be a a mix of guilt or regret or dissatisfaction in any way. There are hundreds of references to prayer in the Bible. And God does want us to pray. And it pleases God when we do pray. The writer of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8 says, The Lord is disgusted by gifts from the wicked, the sacrifices the wicked make. But it makes him, what? Happy when his people pray. You can make God happy this year when you pray. Albert Einstein is known as the father of modern physics. I never did too well in physics. And he's known as the person who formulated the 20th century's best-known equation. I'll give you a little test here, you physics majors. E equals... 
Would you please stand and explain that to us that don't get it? Jamie, you had it right. After delivering a lecture at Princeton University, a student asked Einstein, what's left in all the world for original research? And Albert Einstein, one of the smartest men who's ever walked the planet, replied, find out about prayer because somebody's got to find out about prayer. We have no way of knowing if that student went on to research prayer and find out about prayer. But let's take up Einstein's challenge this morning and find a little bit about prayer. I read a story about a man who encountered trouble while flying his small airplane. And he called the control tower and he said, Pilot the tower, I'm 100 miles out of the airport, from the airport. I've run out of gas and I'm descending rapidly. Advise. Tower to pilot, the controller in the tower said. Repeat after me. Our Father who art in heaven. I don't know if this is a true story, but I know there is a takeaway that is true for us today. And here's the takeaway. We often associate prayer with crisis in our lives. Prayer turns out to be like that little box on the wall, red box. It has a little glass, and it says, break in case of emergency. Now, don't get me wrong. We should pray when we have a crisis or a life-altering event in our lives. But that's not the only time we should pray. The Apostle Paul was someone who understood about prayer. Prayer was a part of his life, and he took it for granted that it would be part of the lives of all those who follow Jesus. Neither you nor I will ever be a strong Christian without prayer, which is in essence just talking to God. Just like we will never have a good, strong marriage if we don't talk to our spouse. You can be a Christian and not pray. Just like you can be married and never talk to your spouse. But in both cases, you will come to regret it. Paul gives us three thoughts about prayer in this verse in Colossians chapter 4. He writes, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Paul begins by saying, continue steadfastly in prayer. And if Paul were here today preaching to you, he would probably use this phrase, keep on praying. Keep on praying. In the original language of Paul's day, the word translated continue steadfastly can be translated persist or remain devoted to. Persist. It's a powerful word. And Paul gives it as a command. In other words, being persistent and devoted to prayer is not an option for us or a mere request by the Apostle Paul for the followers of Jesus. It's a command. One of the parables Jesus told his disciples speaks to being persistent in prayer and not giving up. Jesus said this, 
or Luke said this, excuse me. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story, a parable, to show that they should, what is it with me? Always pray and never give up. We need to realize that when a person is persistent in prayer, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are long-winded in prayers, that they pray long prayers or they pray for an extra long time. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Persistence means to not give up and to keep praying for an answer that you're seeking from God. It doesn't mean your daily prayers have to be an hour, 30 minutes, any set time. And don't be intimidated by somebody who says, I pray 30 minutes a day or I pray 45 minutes a day. Fine. But it's all right. And there is no requirement that it must be a long time. But if you do pray a long time, that's okay. If we're persistent and devoted to something, it stands to reason that we're probably passionate about it. You see, I know I'm persistent and devoted to Turkey Hill ice cream. It's the tin roof variety that I really like. That you can get at any local schnooks. And you could say by the looks of my stomach that I'm probably passionate about it. Paul tells us we should be watchful about prayer, which is the opposite of being lackadaisical or negligent in prayer. Do you think I should be more passionate about prayer than I am about eating ice cream? That's a no-brainer. Of course I should. But how about you? Are there things in your life that you are more passionate about than prayer? Are you more passionate about Monday night football than prayer? About taking a shopping trip to the Galleria? About March Madness and the wonderful time of year that is for basketball fanatics? Are you more passionate about a great meal at your favorite restaurant than you are about prayer? Are you more passionate about your prized automobile or motorcycle than you are about prayer? Are you more passionate about having a a kitchen remodeled with high-end appliances than you are about prayer? It could go on and on, couldn't it? In the book... Quiet Talks on Prayer, the author writes about how much prayer meant to Jesus, our Savior. He says it was not only Jesus' regular habit, but it was Jesus' go-to in any and every emergency. When Jesus was hard-pressed by the ministry and the demands of the ministry, he prayed. When Jesus was tempted, he prayed. When Jesus was criticized, he prayed. There was no emergency, no difficulty, no necessity, no temptation that Jesus didn't submit to prayer. When we read about Jesus praying, he was praying with passion. He prayed with passion because he knew who it was he was talking to. 
Jesus prayed with passion because he knew that prayer to God the Father is a powerful thing and not something to just take lightly or haphazardly. Passionate prayer is prayer from the heart, not just the head and the vocal cords. Jesus taught us to pray, not only through his example, but specifically through his teaching in the Gospels. In his famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us about prayer. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Jesus is warning here that the non-Jewish people known as Gentiles, they tried to impress other people with their prayers. Their prayers of religious repetition and mantras with empty phrases. Just open their mouth. Just to be opening their mouth and calling that prayer. He was making the point that when you're in a loving relationship with someone, you don't talk that way. Empty phrases and all this repetition. So men, here's a free tip for you on the first Sunday of the new year. Don't talk that way to your wife. Don't talk like this, oh, I love you, I really love you, and I just want to say uh, I love you, I'm so glad that I have this time here to sell you, I love you, blah, 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 blah. So please feed the children, please clean the house, I love you, I love you, do the laundry, I love you, I just want to let you know I love you, fix dinner, and uh, may all go well with you, amen. Don't do that, men, especially if you want to live to see 2023. We're to be persistent in prayer. We're to be passionate about prayer. And we're also finally, said, Paul says in that verse, we are to be thankful in prayer. In his writings throughout the New Testament, Paul repeatedly mentioned praying with thanksgiving. I want to show you two of those verses of the many In Ephesians 5, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How often did Paul say we should be giving thanks through prayer? Did he say 30% of the time, 75% of the time? How about always? Now, I take that to mean 100% of the time. Paul tells us that giving thanks in our prayers should be something that we do all the time. Our second verse is this. In Philippians, to the church in Philippi, Paul writes, Do not worry. Learn to pray about everything. Give thanks to God as you ask Him for what you need. Paul reminds us that as we pray in 2022 and we ask God for what we need in that moment, we're to do it with gratitude and thanksgiving for what God has already done in our lives in 2021 and all the years preceding. 
also looking with faith, believing what he's going to do in the future. For those of you who do pray, you know there are times when it seems like your prayers are getting nowhere. And you feel that they're just, you're out of sync in your prayers. There's a, something hindering your prayers. It's, it's not working. And I want to touch on two hindrances to our prayer life. And this doesn't exhaust the list. But here are two hindrances to those of us who do pray and find ourselves having trouble with our prayers. The most obvious hindrance to prayer is unconfessed sin in the one who's doing the praying. We serve a holy God, and there's a barrier that exists between him and us when we try to pray with sin in our lives. There's this unseen barrier when we're coming to him we sin in our lives and asking him to do something for us. Isaiah writes this, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, because of your what? Because you didn't go to church that Sunday? Because you didn't put anything in the offering that Sunday? Now, because of your sins, he, God, has turned away and will not listen anymore. He's turned a deaf ear to your prayers because of your sins. In this next verse, the psalmist, he agreed with Isaiah because he knew from personal experience that God is not listening to those who try to hide their sin and not ask him for forgiveness. He writes, if, big word, I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If. So if you are struggling today with your prayer life and your prayers, maybe you should do as these verses advise us to do. You should examine your heart for any unconfessed sin and then go to God and ask him, to forgive you of that sin. That's a prayer that will be answered 100% of the time. Lord, forgive me of this sin and then lay it out and tell it what it is. Another major hindrance to prayer, effective prayer, is unbelief and doubt. There are some false teachers in the world today that can draw big crowds to an arena, to a church, And they suggest that we should pray and convince ourselves that God will grant any and all of our prayer requests. It's like a blank check. You fill it in, God assign it, and he'll cash it in the treasury of heaven. Now when we do that because of these positive confessions we have, God is somehow obligated and bound by our words and by this positive confession, he's obligated and bound to answer our prayers the way we want him to. Like a puppet on a string. 
But that's not what praying without doubt and unbelief mean. Praying without doubt means that we are sincerely praying with a belief in and an understanding of our Heavenly Father's character, of His faithfulness, and His loving concern as revealed to us in the Bible. Now, if you don't read your Bible, you don't know much about God and His love and His concern and His faithfulness. The writer of Hebrews said this, It is impossible to please God without, what's the word? Faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. When you and I pray, our confidence must be in God's ability to grant any prayer request that is in alignment with his will and purpose for our lives. God will grant the request if it is in alignment with his will and his purpose for your life. Not my life, not your wife or husband's life, but God has a will and a purpose for your life. And when we pray that way, that's praying in faith. God, I want your will. I want this prayer request to line up with your will for my life. I have a book entitled, Something Happens When Churches Pray. I love that title because something does happen. And when the people who are the church, you know, you're the church, you are Faith Fellowship. It's not this building. I've seen too many church buildings converted into other venues after the church closed. But when the people who are the church pray, something does happen. Something beyond what we can imagine can happen in 2022 when we pray. When we pray, God can give us boldness. God can give us love in our hearts. God can give us grace that we need. When we pray in 2022, God can expand the witness of our church out into the community, the cities and villages and the county and the state and around the world. When we pray in 2022, God will show up on our behalf. Church members must pray together. Church leaders must pray together. Families must pray together. Husbands, let me encourage you, pray for your wives. It's one, it is, to me, the best thing you will ever do for your wife. Wives, conversely, I say to you, the best thing you can do for your husband is pray for your husband. Parents, pray for your children, no matter what their age. And parents, you need to set this example to your children who are still at home So they will grow up to be people of prayer like mom and dad were people of prayer. Grandparents, pray for your grandchildren. Whether you're fortunate enough to have them live down the street from you or if they live 500 miles away from you, pray for your grandchildren. I know 
Prayer has a vital role to play. And it's necessary to protect our homes and our lives, not only physically, but spiritually, and more importantly, spiritually. Something happens when churches pray, because when we pray, the Holy Spirit uses our prayers to accomplish God's will in our home, our family, our community, at work, our schools. When we pray, my friends, in 2022, God can use ordinary people like you and like me to do some extraordinary things because of the Holy Spirit's work in and through us this year. Do you want to see some extraordinary things take place in your life this year? Raise your hand if you'd like to see that happen. In your family, your relationships, your finances, in your health, in our church here at Faith Fellowship, in our communities, in our state, in our country, in our world. If so, get started. Pray today. Pray every day. That old hymn that Tom and the ladies sang earlier, it says it all. It says, tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus if you're weary in any way, in your heart, your soul. Tell it to Jesus if you're heavy-hearted. If you're carrying a burden today, if you're carrying a heartache today, tell it to Jesus if joy has departed from your life. Tell it to Jesus if you're hurting. Tell it to Jesus if you're anxious about what tomorrow holds, whatever COVID does, whatever your employer does, whatever your children do. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus alone. You remember the great baseball movie, Field of Dreams? Anybody ever been there in Dyersburg, Iowa? If you ever get close to that place, go by. It's quite an amazing thing. Seen the movie, anybody? Field of Dreams? There's an iconic line in the movie when Kevin Costner's character, he's walking through a cornfield. And he hears a voice that says, if you build it, pretty good, wasn't it? He will come. If you build it, he will come. Well, here's a promise for you and for me in 2022. If we pray, if we tell him, he will listen. If we pray, if we tell him, he will listen. Read it with me. The Lord watches over those who are right with him. He hears their prayers. But the Lord is against those who sin. If we tell him, he will listen. Pray in 2022. 
If I could ask you to do anything as one of the pastors of this church, be people of prayer this next year. I'm going to pray and conclude the service. Band's going to come out and sing. There'll be a prayer team right here. And maybe this is the day you want to tell something to Jesus and these people who would love to pray with you about that. Heavenly Father, we thank you today on this first Sunday of the new year that we're reminded that there's no greater thing we could do this year for our families and our churches and our own personal life than to pray. Pray to the Lord God in heaven who hears us and will answer us according to his will for our lives. Lord, those of us who may pray faithfully and consistently, encourage us to keep at it. Maybe there are some in here that wish they prayed more often, but they seem to not find the time or there's always a distraction. Lord, I would ask that you would help them carve out time to pray, to get away wherever it might be to to pray a few minutes each day. Lord, we love you today. We thank you that you will answer our prayers. And you're the one we look to with confidence as we go into a year that may create trouble and, and turmoil in our lives. We know that you will hear us when we cry out in prayer. We will tell it to Jesus alone and over and over. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you.